Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my this is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton, as we do every day at this time with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle. If you guys have questions for John, you can text him in 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before we let them go for the day. Hello, John. Hi, guys. Boy, good news here. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Antonio Brown said there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with my mental health, which if that's true, then I guess means he's just a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) There's something wrong with his mental health, and he's a jerk. Simple. <laughs> I mean, simple as that. It's like, and I love the fact that uh, you know, in that story, there's at least four or five references to uh, you know, mental people that he went to, and mental treatment that he had, and yet he has no mental problems. I mean, uh, give yeah. me a break. <laughs> yeah, apparently they I mean, all. Yeah, I mean, you're you, totally normal. You're yeah, it's like the, if you you read the whole story, you saw how many references. Okay, well, you know, after New England, he had to get you know some mental help, and after this and after that, and it's like, oh no, I'm fine. And so now, what's he doing? He's playing music, making you know, doing albums, and you know, oh, doing. Oh no. Yeah, he's. It's like, good God. It's like, oh, you you have no mental health problems, yet. You don't pay the people that work for you. You beat up some of the people that work for you. Uh, you you assault women. It's like, oh, no, he's in good shape. Yeah, so all those people gave him a clean bill of health. Oh, absolutely, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, he, and certainly, I mean, Bruce Arians, uh, you know, totally endorsed him. I, I tell you, the guy that's just amazing in this whole story is Mike Tomlin. And how Mike Tomlin was able to hide the fact that this guy was such a mental jerk that, uh, you know, uh, he he hid it for so many years. And he dealt with Le'Veon Bell at the same time, who was not on the same level as Antonio Brown by any stretch, but seemed to be a bit of a malcontent. Well, malcontent, stupid business person. And, of course, I mean, didn't he get busted a couple times for drugs? Or yeah, marijuana. Did he? Did oh, yeah. He, yeah, probably. I, yeah, I remember he was remember. in the car the one time when they caught him, and so he got in trouble for that. So it's like, yeah. So, yeah, I give Mike Tomlin a lot of credit. Man, I mean, yeah, more tolerant than we thought. Mm-hmm, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. What, were, what was, like, the worst thing he Antonio Brown did in Pittsburgh? Or at least that we heard of, because I'm assuming Tomlin put the lid on a lot of that. Stuff. We don't know. Remember, well, remember he filmed a, a, a post-game oh, speech yeah, and post-game. put it out on Instagram or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, he filmed a post-game speech yeah, yeah. with Tomlin. That didn't a, go over well. There was a time where I know the Pittsburgh was out on the field for warm-ups, and it shows him on the sidelines in his clothes, his street clothes still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, and then he quit on the team at one point. It's like, this guy is just amazing. How he yeah. gets back in the league, I have no idea. Yeah. He doesn't. Uh, and that's yeah. what happens, Let's John. hope not. We've seen the last of him. Well, and, and especially since Brady and um, Arian seem to they seem to cater to him and, and give him pretty much everything he needed. And, you know, you got people trying to help you. And I think he said something about Brady where, yeah, he's just friends with me because I'm a good football player. Well, no, he said he was a phony friend. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the, the, he, he's a phony friend who let him, as a nutcase, live in the house <laughs> with the kids and the wife. As a yeah. nutcase, even. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, he, he lets, and so it's like, oh, a phony friend, uh, it's like, any is any phony friend going to allow you to live in Derek Jeter's mansion? Hmm. 
Well, and, and the thing is, too, it just makes Brady look better because he's not said anything about it. No, right. No, I no. mean, he hasn't commented, and no. it's like, well, there you go. I mean, if Antonio Brown's saying bad things about you, then maybe it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, right, that's John, what you get for going out on a limb for the guy, right? Yeah, and of course, yeah, I mean, then, yeah. then, he, then he goes on social media and was doing negative uh, Bruce Arians things. Yeah. And that, that was really nice. Yeah. Well, uh, any other – what's the, the big story today? What have you been working on, John? I know you write every week, but yeah. uh, what, what's going on Well, right the, two th- the two things are, number one, looks like the Giants are close to hiring a general manager – it appears to be Adam Peters, who's 42 years old, the assistant general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, they're down to three interviews, but it looks like he's going to be the one. Uh, then, of course, uh, you know, Denver is you know speeding up their process for getting their 10 interviews done. It'll be done Sunday night. And so I would imagine that they'll make an offer to Dan Quinn on Monday morning and see where Dan stands because, you know, Dan you know, as interviewed, like, uh, since interviewing in Denver, you know, interviewed with four other teams, three of those teams haven't officially hired their GM yet, so they're not ready to do anything. So right now, Denver has the best chance to get something done. Then, of course, just waiting to see, you know, what's going on with the Raiders and if, indeed, they're going to hire Jim Harbaugh. Hey, John, what do you uh, what do you know about Joe Witt Jr., the latest name to emerge in the Seahawks' search for a defensive coordinator? Yeah, not much. I mean, because, again, I, I don't know much of him, didn't hear much of him before the season. All I know is that his resume for this year was phenomenal. I mean, what he was able to do with uh, the secondary, you know, which isn't a real great secondary, but the fact that they had all the interceptions, the turnovers, the big plays, all that different stuff. And, you know, you have to attribute a lot of that to him and Dan Quinn. But again, I mean, he had a great season. So I can see why he's in the mix. But what's kind of interesting about that, you know, except for, say, Gus Bradley, who we're waiting to find out is going to be available. I mean, what you're looking at is that there has not, uh, I mean, all the other guys have Chicago ties to them. And uh, they've all worked with each other in Chicago. So that I find that really fascinating. But I, I, I don't know. Where, where do you stand, Dave? Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to Clint Hurt getting the job. But, boy, I, I, I'm, I'm a big Ed, Ed Donatel guy. Yeah, I, I'm kind of leaning that way, too. Because even though – and Bob talked about fresh eyes, yeah. which I, I like that, that concept. But mm-hmm. it, there's no, nothing saying that Ed Donatel might be able to do that. You know, come in and say, "Hey, you, you got to do this. You got to do that." So, I mean, I don't think him and Peter are that tight. I, no, but... they well, remember it's like uh, they were together in '83 at the yeah. University of Pacific, and then uh, you know uh, he hired him with the New York Jets. With the Jets, yeah. yeah, and and that was a while ago. So, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, there is some connection there. I feel like he's kind of in between because Clint Hurt is the guy in the yeah. building, yeah, you know, and then Desai is the guy that you know is pretty far off and then the thing i wanted to ask you john with joe witt now are they because he's been a passing game coordinator for four years in a row mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting it goes green bay cleveland atlanta dallas and you're right i mean this year they were number one in the league in takeaways yeah with with 34 but is there a chance that pete's not interviewing him necessarily for the uh, the d coordinator job but the passing game coordinator job because andre curtis be. got got fired so yeah could be yeah that's what i was thinking because, yeah, right. I, I mean, this would be, as far as passing game coordinator goes, where that ranks, I mean, this would probably be 
um, even a bigger stretch, if you will, um, is you know than Clint Hurt. Because mm-hmm. Clint Hurt's never been a, a defensive coordinator, but he's been an assistant head coach for a long time, and he's been a, a D-line coach, whereas this guy's been the passing game coordinator. So I feel like it was uh, it'd probably be a, a bigger stretch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and, but I think it's interesting that uh, you know they could definitely uh, you know take a look at him and uh, you know see where it goes. But I think they've assembled a reasonably good list so far, and we'll see if it grows and how fast they're going to do in hiring. Yeah. Hey John, we we played a cut from Albert Breer to open the show, yeah. and and uh, he he basically said he thinks this is the last contract that that Russell signs with the Seahawks. Oh jeez, we'll, we'll we'll see if it's true. But I mean, just type, <laughs> uh, John. I know how you hate hypotheticals, but just play along with me. Here. No, you, no, just you, you can answer this because you'll have an opinion on this. Let's just pretend that's true. Yeah, there, two years left on the deal, and then yeah. he's done. If you're Pete and John, how do you approach that? Do you say okay, two years? We got Russell. We're going for it. We're going to surround him with the best talent yeah, we can yeah. possibly assemble. Or do you go? We're going to we're going to get as much as we can in return right now because he's as young as he's. They're not be trading him. It's a hypothetical, John. Oh, it's a dumb hypothetical. <laughs> it's dumb. I mean, again, I'm sorry, but again, he's not being traded. I mean, again, why, why do you hate Albert Breer? What happened? No, I like Albert Breer. No, I like him a lot. I mean, again, he's not saying that they're going to trade him. He's just saying that, uh, you know, he may not resign. It's like, okay, that's two years from now. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. let's worry about next year and the year after that. But well, again, but yeah. I mean, Albert's great. But, you know, and the thing that I guess I found kind of silly about it is that well, what if they go to the NFC Championship yeah. game next year? Or what if they win the, the second round of the mm-hmm. of the playoffs? I mean, I, I, maybe people will get frustrated if they're one and done. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, you know, you don't know. You're, you're saying that uh, two years in the future, not having any idea how the next two seasons are going to Exactly. Go. I mean, it's like the same thing with, like, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did not want to come back to the Green Bay Packers this year. He came back. They're the number one seed. He's the MVP. And if they go to a Super Bowl, he very well may come back for another year. He may not want to be traded. And so it's like, uh, you know, you you can't keep – I mean, everybody wants to speculate about this move and get the click bites and everything else. And it's like the reporting nationwide right now is so, so bad. Mm. Uh, One from the listeners. It's uh, Professor, who would you say is the Seahawks comeback player of the year? Daryl Taylor – Rashad Penny or Al Woods? Uh, I would say, uh, you know, Rashad Penny. Not, no, I'd say it has to be uh, D- Daryl Taylor because, I mean, Daryl Taylor didn't play the year before. He did a lot of good things this past year. You know, Rashad Penny would be in the number two uh, hole because he came back and had a great finish to the season. And then uh, then Al Woods would be number three. Yeah, well, you know, now I... I uh, answered the question, you know, who's the most underrated player this yeah. year? I, I thought it was Al Woods. But, mm-hmm. you know, as far as comeback player, he was out because of COVID. He opted out, right? Well, no, he didn't have COVID. But, uh, no, no, no. He, yeah. The year before, in mm-hmm. 2020, he for opted out because of, yeah. of COVID. Yeah, yeah, for fear of COVID, yeah. So, which is, you know, I guess the reason I discount it for comeback players is just because the other guys were injured. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Um, and, again, it's like yeah, there was like that. 60 players that did it that year. 60 players opted out. So it's yeah. not like uh, Al Woods 
was like one of the rare ones. But, you know, a lot of those guys were offensive linemen and defensive linemen, the big guys, because the big guys worried about their respiratory and everything else. And you can understand that. And so, uh, you know, there was a lot of players that just opted out 64-65. Yeah, I want to say that I looked at the list of guys that opted out, and Mm -hmm. there was a vast majority were the big fellows. Yes. Which which makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, No question about it. John, I see the uh, NFL filed a motion asking a Nevada court to dismiss John Gruden's lawsuit against the league, which I, I'm assuming this is just procedural. This yeah. is just what you're supposed to do is just saying, um, you know, the leaked emails are baseless and should be dismissed for failure to state a single viable cause of action. What, what, how do you think this ends up? Do you think they? I feel like there's going to be a settlement? Yeah, I would, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, that's I think it's inevitable that uh, they either take it to arbitration that they reach some kind of a settlement. But I think you could see it going in that direction. Because I know talking to uh, John Gruden's side, the, they they feel there's enough things that can come out, and there are, that could hurt the Na- National Football League. You know, like, for example, the relationship with the, uh, you know, the, the league's attorney, you know, best attorney who's involved in the labor negotiations and how he's favored Washington on so many different things through the last several years. You know, that obviously did not look good. And then there's some other things that are involved, too. So, you know, like, I mean, you can see and one of the things that the league does is that, uh, you know, in situations, particularly like you saw it in St. Louis uh, and other, you know, like a, is a move and things of that nature. You saw it in New Orleans. You know, it's like uh, when it gets to the point where they have to leak out inf- information comes out in the courtroom that they don't like, they'll settle. Like in the case of St. Louis, you know, they were going to have to put the financial records of the, uh, you know, certainly the Rams and maybe a lot of the NFL teams in New Orleans, you know, in that uh, lawsuit involving uh, the Benson family, you know, they were going to have to put out the financials and they don't like that. So, no, I think this will end up in a settlement. Hey, John, quickly, who, who lands in the league first, if either one of them, John Gruden or Antonio Brown? Uh, John Gruden, I think. Although it's going to take both a hard time to do that, I don't think Antonio Brown's going to ever be back. Yeah, if if if, if Brown were twenty five, I would say yeah, yeah some, yeah, somebody yeah. will. But he's going yeah. to be thirty four. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. he's done. But you, I, but what about Gruden? Is there a shot anywhere down uh, the road? You think he debatable. he's back in some some form? Debatable. I mean, again, it's like uh, I mean, he hurt himself a lot uh, because again, you know, you when you make as many you know racial type type comments and you make as many. Uh, comments about women and things like that it's going to be hard to come back yeah hey john injuries uh i saw no designation for jimmy garoppolo nick bosa is back or good to go and then fred warner no designation there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and i feel like if garoppolo doesn't play it might help the team yeah uh, yeah because again i mean how effective can he be you know with a sore shoulder yeah you know uh, a bad finger a bad thumb, right thumb, and then on top of it, you know, it's a night game, and it's going to be zero wind chill. Wow. So how effective can he be? And, and again, you saw him last week. He wasn't that effective. I know yeah. he won. Uh, he beat the Dallas Cowboys, but was he totally effective? My, my, I think no. According to some of my old teammates, it's actually called the windshield factor, John. <laughs> it, was, it was a <laughs> common uh, mistake. The windshield factor. Oh. It's wind chill. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of a hybrid statement. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, not, I, listen, I'm just, I'm just going on the regular uh, weather forecast. Uh, you know, yeah, no, you yeah. got it right, John. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and then on the other side, Bakhtiari, questionable. And he was out of the – wasn't he out of the NFC Championship game last year? Mm-hmm. I think Bakhtiari. Yeah, he anyway. his ACL, yeah. Yeah, so him and Marquez Valdez, Scantling, are, mm-hmm. is doubtful on the other side. It, yeah. But other than that, uh, they're, they're pretty healthy. Seems yeah. So. yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, kind of interesting that there was very few COVIDs this week, so that's encouraging. Yeah. John, did you see the uh, shot Michael Irvin took at the Cowboys? Uh, I didn't see it. I know he took one, but I didn't see it. Yeah, he, he basically laid out this, and it's hard to argue with him. He, yeah. he he just said, you can't win in this game if your stars don't show up and play. It's Dak Prescott, 69 passer rating, mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott, 31 rushing yards, and C.D. Lamb, 21 yards on one reception. They had their stars playing like role players. That's why wow. they got their butts sitting at home. Good uh, Good comments. And He's again, not wrong. I no, mean, it's, I mean, it's that's, blunt, that, but... that's what you like about Michael, because obviously, I mean, he's the biggest Cowboys supporter you can ask for, but he's not afraid to rip them when things don't go right. And, uh, I mean, he's ripping them, and you can see a lot of that's appointed to Mike McCarthy, who's going to keep his job as the head coach, but you know he's going to be in trouble for next year. Hey, John, um, football uh, changes for rules next year. First of all, I wanted to ask you, we were just talking about baseball. Mm -hmm. And where are you with some of the changes? Like they're talking about anti-shift, no shifting, and, uh, you know, the guy starting on second base and extra innings. I know you were, you know, kind of watching the Mariners a little bit. How do you feel about the changes for for baseball? I'm not opposed to uh, having the anti-shift in there because, you know, it's like it's led to – the low, one of the lowest scoring, lowest hitting years in baseball history. And again, it's like, uh, you know, Bob doesn't go back this far, but uh, I think you and I do. I mean, that goes back to like 1969, you know, when Bob Gibson had that 1-1-2 uh, earn run average, and you had Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale and all the pitchers holding things down. But again, you know, when batting averages go down to like, you know, 234, I mean, something needs to be done, and a lot of it's because of the shifting. And so with the shifting, you know, it just takes away, you know, some of the guys that, uh, you know, try to move the ball. So I'm with the shifting. I mean, the extra inning thing I was back and forth on, you know, the mm-hmm. fact that the, you put the guy at second base and all that stuff. I was against that at first. Now I'm okay with it. So it's like uh, they can keep that up. But I'm definitely for the idea of having designated hitters in both leagues. Because, again, you know, why should I, either league be different? You know, why should yeah. – well, I was like, do you really want to see a pitcher bat? I don't. Yeah. And so it's, it's like you – know, Otani, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. Well, uh, for the record, in 1969, I was five, John. So I oh, don't okay. think we were friends in kindergarten. But yeah. Um, <laughs> but no. So what? The reason why I was kind of leading you into that. What about um, as far as? And we'll know as the off season goes along. But are you hearing about any major changes in the NFL as far as rules and kickoffs and things like that? Yeah, way too early because again, what ends up happening is that once you get through the season, and they haven't gotten through the full season yet because you know they're in the playoffs right now is that uh, you know they'll then start to solicit uh, opinions from the coaches and then take them to uh, you know the combine in Indianapolis and start discussing them and so that hasn't even started yet and the combine right now is tentatively scheduled for March 1st to March 7th and we don't know if it's going to be virtual if people are going to be there or what's going to happen so it's like uh, but that usually happens at the combine yeah uh, John, the 509 asking, uh, John, do you think Josh McCown would be a good head coach for the Texans? Just heard he was interviewed for the job. 
uh, there today? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he would because he's never done it before, but I know that he's been on their radar now for two years, and he almost got the job last year. And it's like, uh, you know, I like Josh. I feel bad for him if he takes the job because it's such a bad job. But again, he's been in the mix, and he very well could take it. Because what I'm hearing is that, uh, you know, they really want to get Brian Flores, but I don't think Flores is all that interested in going to the Texans. Hey, John, just looking through my notes from yesterday, we are talking about Gerald Everett. Yeah. Um, you know, and he missed three games, but, you know, and we did uh, overachieve, yeah. underachieve. But, you know, the first seven games he had 25 targets, and mm-hmm. then the last seven he had 38. So they kind of caught on with him. But uh, were, were you surprised by the, the kind of – I know you're never surprised. But, um, you know, with Gerald Everett, I, I was because I thought he was good in yeah. uh, L.A. But – I feel like he can be a superstar. What do you, what do you think? I don't about know about a superstar, but he's a really good player. And I think that, uh, you know, because again, I mean, you can see that uh, he had the talent. I mean, he's got the, uh, you know, his former tight end coach who's the offensive coordinator that works in his favor. And I think you can see he can do a lot of good things. So I like him a lot. Yeah. Now the question is going to be, you know, what's he going to cost to resign? All right. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. Okay. Sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. It's the last time I'll try to get him to play along in a hypothetical. He just won't do it. (laughs) No, well. Not even his buddy Albert Breer. He just can't play the hypothetical game. Yeah, I know. Well, (laughs) I I think he's getting outraged. And really, you know, when you look at it, like I said, I mean, you're talking about something. We have no idea what's going to happen two years from now. I mean, Russ could go out and have two seasons in a row that were like the beginning part of the 2020 season, you know, and they could go and, you know, like I said, deep into the playoffs, whatever. Why would you make that prediction now? I don't to get click bites. Yeah. Is that what John calls them? Click bites. Yeah. Click bites. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. If it's all about the ball on defense, how can the Seahawks fix their issues forcing turnovers? We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.